Hey creeps, this week we're bringing you to Iceland with us where we're going to we're going to explore some death related lore. Velkommen til Los Nua. Before we get into the meat and bones of this episode, we're going to give you a little update on the Lankford Funeral Home case from the last episode. Real quick background for those who haven't listened, um, Lankford Funeral Home in Indiana uh, was discovered in the beginning of July 2022 to have 31 decomposing bodies on the premises, and Randy Lankford Funeral Home owner is, is to blame. On July 29th, the Attorney General's office suspended both his funeral license and the license for the funeral home. Right now, he is in a civil case. He came to court beginning of August and produced the court documents that he had been required to show them at his previous hearing. So far, eight families have sued Randy Lankford. Police are still investigating. Everything's very ongoing, and they still, or he still, does not have a lawyer. Uh, Next court date will be September 15th, so I'm sure we will have more updates to share. Get pumped. I think a lot is going to come out now that he has produced all those documents, and I think that there's going to be a legal case a legal case, a state case, a criminal case, a criminal case in addition to the civil case. Yeah, I would be, it would be interesting to see because he had to bring in like emails, phone records, text messages. I would like to read the ones about his little love triangle going on. Yes. So yeah, I think you're right. It's going to really bring some stuff to light. Yeah, and if you haven't listened to the last episode, definitely do. Um, We have a lot of information about this case. It's still ongoing, obviously, but we have a lot of information. I feel like I feel like we've done it. We did a really good job last episode, not to toot our own horn, but (laughs) of like synthesizing all the information that's out there. So honestly, we have the best information that's out there right now. So like, you don't need to go to any other news source. You can just come to us. Just come to us. We've compiled everything from everything. From his LinkedIn to his old interviews to now. So who else do you need other than plot twist? You don't even need the police investigators. Put us on the case. Put us on the case. (laughs) All right. So we're going to start with Iceland. Back in October of 2018... We took our trip, our long-awaited trip to Iceland. We had dreamed about it for years and years, and we finally went. And it was the best trip of my life. (laughs) It was the most amazing trip. It was so fun. Um, Yeah, when we we will get more into little bits about our trip as we continue on with this episode. But if you haven't gone to Iceland and have thought about it, definitely encourage you to go. Uh, It's fantastic. It's otherworldly. I felt like I was on another planet. For oh, real. And, and the air, it's different. Like, it just, the oxygen, it's different. It just smells so clean the moment you step off the plane. It's 
the weirdest thing. But if you go, you're going to know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you, you don't understand it until you've been there. <laughs> <laughs> we learned, honestly, a lot about death in Iceland and like a lot of different aspects in different places. Um, so we basically had to pick like our favorite parts to talk about. Icelandic culture is definitely rooted in Viking culture because Vikings were the first people to set to settle Iceland. And we will talk about it a little more a little bit more later. So 9,000 Vikings lived on the island of Iceland by 930 AD. Despite having a decent sized population, even that early on, only a few hundred graves have ever been found. So there's not much known about how Vikings buried their dead, disposed of their dead, their traditions in Iceland. Uh, recently, scientists have discovered through DNA testing that many of the remains of Vikings were found buried with the remains of their stallions as well. Very interesting. I mean, I would be buried along with my dog, so yeah. I understand like that <laughs> bond. Yeah, I mean, it could maybe that was like their dog, their best friend. Could be. And I mean, if they rode him in ba- I don't know. Did they ride him in battle? Did they ride him in Viking battle? How does that work? I don't know. You know, I I did not do research on the Viking battles of Iceland, but maybe <laughs> I should have. But they, maybe they don't know. Yeah. There's um, only there's only so much information. So according to an article from the Smithsonian Smithsonian from the Smithsonian magazine horse remains it turns out are one of the most common items found in the 355 known Viking graves uncovered on Iceland so seems to be like super common for people to be buried with their stallions Uh, with bits and pieces of 175 horses Found in 148 graves. That is really interesting that they're the most common items were living animals. Because you, I feel like even in, like when we talked about bog bodies, a lot of the things that were found were clothing, jewelry, mm-hmm. even like weapons that they had been killed by. Or Yeah, no mention of another living being. Yeah, I mean, other than maybe Egypt, where they were buried with yeah, cats, but cats. but also they had a lot of other items buried with them. So mm-hmm. it's really interesting that that was the number one item that people seem to be buried with. So previous studies of the horse bones found that most of the animals were in the prime of life and were likely killed to accompany the burial. So they were pretty much sacrifices. Would you let that happen to Walter, your dog? No. He can live on. Live his happy little dog life. Yeah. Wait till wait till he dies and then you can come live with me, Voodoo. <laughs> but I want I want Voodoo buried with me. Just is my husband listening? I want my dog buried next to me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could always like bring everything back up and add him in yeah. later. Um, but that was clearly too much work for the Viking. I'm, I'm totally joking. So this was a, a, sacrifice, a sacri- sacrificial um, offering, possibly. The research found that it was likely the most that most of the burials of the Vikings were sea or lake burials, meaning that's why they didn't find a lot of graves. Mm. So most people 
in the Viking community were either buried in a lake or swept off to sea, uh, using some method to sink the bodies, while those with higher status, predominantly older males, were found to have been buried on land. So these were really important people to the community. The presence of male stallions also suggests that this was a power symbol or the other theory is that the animal was needed to carry on in the afterlife. So, yeah, I'm not sure which one because they don't really know. These are just their two theories. Um, they both make sense to me. I would kind of like to think that if they are sacrificing the horses, it's because they believe that they're going to come with them into the second life, not just as a power symbol. But yeah, that's just my personal opinion. But yeah, so it was male stallions buried with predominantly older male Vikings. So it sounds like it's some sort of... Since only the males are buried, it sounds like maybe my original theory that they love their horses so much was not holding up. There's obviously some kind of cultural or spiritual significance Mm -hmm. to this. So not the same as being buried next to our dogs. It doesn't mean they didn't love them. Maybe That's they just true. perceived things differently. And especially that a lot of this is just coming to light recently just because we can't do all this DNA testing. Mm-hmm. It's just really fascinating. And something I know we both noticed in Iceland is that horses are kind of a big deal. I'm sure you've seen pictures on Instagram or Pinterest or whatever. I feel like I'm aging myself by seeing Pinterest. Pinterest is for the women of the world. Yeah, it's for the millennial women of the world. (laughs) But um, of horses on the beach in Iceland, you know, Mm -hmm. with the flowing hair. There's like puffins, sheep, and horses. That's like all they got up there. Yeah, we saw a lot of sheep and a lot of horses. We didn't see. I don't remember seeing any puffins. Any? We didn't really go during puffin season. Um, yeah, horses are absolutely everywhere. We had one particularly poignant experience with horses yeah would you like to tell it because I just feel like you tell this story so much better than I ever could okay so we were in the northern part of Iceland we did the whole ring road Mm -hmm. around the whole island we were going up towards I think we were going to Akureyri um it was somewhere around there and we were driving Were you driving or was I driving? You were driving. Okay. You were driving. I was in the passenger seat. I remember this moment so clearly. We were driving in our Kia Sportage and we saw up ahead some horses. So it was like a line of horses, probably like 10 to 12 horses, would you say? Yeah, maybe even a, a little bit more. Yeah. So they're all just kind of like on the side of the road. And as we're driving... More and more horses are crossing into the lane in front of us. So we eventually have to basically stop the car because there's horses just in the road. And this is like the main road. There's not a lot of choices for roads around here. It's just a two-lane road, but it's not like – it's a pretty popular road. And as we come up, we realize that there's someone in the back riding a horse and there's someone in the front. So each of them are trying to rein the horses in. The person in the back was probably 10 years old. (laughs) It was a child and he was being 
he was like he was being thrown around by the horse he <laughs> was probably four foot nothing and I, he just had as a 10 year old would he did not have a lot of control over the situation <laughs> i was losing confidence in the ability for these horses to not run at us very very quickly and then then something shocking happened it's the best part. Do you want to tell this part? No. Okay. No, you you have to tell this. So there's another car in front of us as we're basically stopped. There are a few yards ahead of us. And we're just kind of just enjoying the cultural experience yeah, of this. Just watching it all happen, basically. Um, and a woman comes out of the car. And I believe it was a van. Was it a van? Uh I don't know. We'll have to find out because we can watch the video. <laughs> Yeah, for some reason, I think it was a van. She comes out of the vehicle with some side of some sort of cane, possibly a whip. I'm not sure. It was 100% a cane. Okay, yeah, I think you're right. And she comes out with the cane and starts whipping the horses, just like whipping them. These random horses, this random ass woman who <laughs> was not affiliated with these horses at all, just running rampant in the street, just whacking these horses i was floored and the thing that i think was so crazy about this is i feel like this woman has done this before she seemed very skilled she she looked practiced (laughs) she was very practiced and another question that brings up does she have the cane just for the sole purpose of hitting horses (laughs) maybe she can't walk without it but she's willing to risk it she was pretty briskly walking around when she was hitting the horses but yeah she could be willing to risk it because this was she she looked like she had somewhere to be. This woman had somewhere to be. <laughs> She's like, I don't have time for this. And lucky for you all, we have it on video. And we're going to be posting that yes. on official underscore plot twist pod on Instagram. It is absolutely worth seeing. It's so much better than I can even describe here. We laughed about it for hours. Like literally hours. We laughed about it. We cried about it. Now we dream about it. (laughs) So when heading into our next topic, we wanted to bring up a tour that we went on when we were in Vic. So we went on this guided tour with a bunch of other tourists. Um, it was like a two-part tour. We got in this really big Jeep with these massive wheels, and it was really high off the ground. And um, we did a tour of, I don't, they were kind of like the sand dunes of Iceland. Yeah, like they the, were basically like black sand dunes mm-hmm. almost. Um, and this man was seriously, I want to throw up when I think about it. It was like probably, what would you say? Worse than a, it was probably like a 55 degree angle, if not more steep. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I think that was the one he just went up to like freak everybody out. Yeah. Yeah. For so, sure. I, if you've ever seen like pictures or video of people um, trying to get trucks up sand dunes in, in like Lake Michigan, like that are like basically straight up, that's what this was. It was the most, like, I was actually quite scared. I was thinking we were going to flip the thing, um, but we did not. But yeah, we went up. Um, a bunch of these <laughs> scary, like, hills. This man was, like, doing, like, donuts and 
flooring it to go down the dunes. And yeah. I just honestly, I thought this was going to be the end. I know. I was feeling a little bit sick. But he was a skilled driver. Yes. He was a skilled driver. So it was a lot of fun. Um, and then he also took us on just kind of like a tour in the vehicle of like the beaches and the area around. Um, as well as we did do some glacier climbing, which was also part of the tour and was very, very cool. Um, but our tour guide was fantastic. He had Icelandic water ready for us in the Jeep. I remember that part because I was really excited, even though every <laughs> bit of water in Iceland is Iceland water. But it was like, in the ones you can find in the U.S., like the Icelandic water in the, like, bottle. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, and I don't he, know why. He like, literally was like, this is for the tourists. And I was like, give it to me. He was, I, I wrote in my journal from Iceland that he was like a walking Iceland stereotype. He was wearing, like, one of those, like, Icelandic knitted, like, jackets. He was drinking, like, the Icelandic water. He was listening to Kaleo. But fantastic band, but they're from Iceland. I was like, this is just a walking stereotype, and I'm yeah. here for it. No, he was great. Um, and then on our tour around the beach, if you want to kind of talk about this experience because you have a better memory than I do, um, he did mention a haunted spot he actually talked to us a lot about some different types of folklore i believe he talked mm-hmm. to us about like uh they weren't the gnomes but they're kind of like oh oh it's hulda folk it's um hidden people it's hidden people that's what it is yeah he did talk a lot to us about that i mean kind of um just a really fun bit of folklore and then he also talked about a haunted cabin or shelter. Yeah, so this is what I had written down in my journal because I don't really remember this off the top of my head. The, he pointed out this cabin. It's like a ramshackle hobble. And, um, so it's abandoned pretty much, but people will come and stay in the cabin overnight, like and camp there. Yeah, it sounded like he was the person who had the keys. Oh, was he? It sounded like he was. Of course he would. So I guess you have to hit him up if you are willing to stay in this ramshackled shelter. <laughs> so he had a couple friends and they're like, we're not afraid of anything. Like, we'll take any challenge. That's not scary. So they went and they stayed there overnight. And they had been staying in cots or beds or bunk beds of some sort. And the next day they woke up on the floor and had no memory of how they got there. So they bolted and they were proved wrong. So that is terrifying to me. That was really scary. That feels real, except honestly, he could be making. He could He was like, I feel like he'd be a very good act, actor. Yeah. He's a very know. good storyteller. Yeah, and he's a very good storyteller. Who knows what was true and what wasn't. But I'm choosing to believe that everything he said was true. I believe him. And then he told us about a old Viking that was murdered by his slaves, and his brother buried him on top of this mountain. Uh, and this piqued Janelle's interest. Uh, he said tradition dictates that when visiting the grave, you should bring a rock up. Well, I believe he said boulder. 
but we're going to choose to say rock. You should bring a rock up to the top of the mountain and leave it on the grave. Um, he's just, just kind of like flailing his arms, just like, he's over there. Um, as he like points in a general direction that didn't really mean much. So I believe it was after the tour, we were walking away and decided to, I think, didn't we decide to walk back and be we like, did. hey, can you actually tell us where that is? We'd like to go there. So we almost left without doing this. Which um, probably would have been for the best, but. So he told us how to get there. And I think I'm just going to let you take it from here and I'll just pipe in when appropriate. Okay. So maybe maybe what I'll do is kind of like tell the story, weave in the history, and then weave in our story. What do you think? Yes, that's uh, a good idea. Okay. So we came to this hill and it is on a mountain a mountain it it, it, it it's a mountain it's called what they call promontory uh it's on this so it's on this cape like i remember it be kind of a narrow road kind of opens up as you go out and it's basically like a three-sided mountain hill thing mm-hmm. it has the most incredible view um but it looks out over the over the ocean so this was called Hjorle Hofti. That was pretty good. Hjorle Hofti. Also, forgive all of my pronunciations because this is a mis- mishmash of Google Translate and Wikipedia. And this is the best I can do. I won't even try. So I think you're doing great. <laughs> no, I cannot say any of those horrible words. Okay. So please. I've been, literally, I've been literally at work going, Hjorle Fair. I can't say it. So keep going. <laughs> So this place is about uh, 20 kilometers east of Vik. So it wasn't too far, but we were at the only gas station. Well, there was it the only gas station in Vik. Is that where we met? I believe so. I I remember we went to the gas station. We got some weird chocolate and then we ate our leftover pizza in the car while we waited for the tour. Oh, that's right. We just kept it in the car. Like $50 pizza. God, everything's so expensive in Iceland. Don't even get me started. So it's really beautiful, and fun fact is that on this um, Hjörlehofti Cape, the there was a scene of Star Wars Rogue One filmed there. I'm not a Star, Star really? Wars person. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, and so there was like a bunch of shirts in Iceland and in Ireland when we went too because there were scenes of Star Wars filmed at both, but oh, also... I don't watch Star Wars, so no, I, don't. I feel like I want to find that scene and watch it. I do too. They and I remember the guide talking about different scenes that they filmed in that same area. Mm-hmm. Da- well, did he around, say like, that he they filmed something for um, that, that show that was like really popular on Hulu for a while, or not Hulu, um, HBO? Give me a description because I don't remember. There's a lot of sex in it. And like <gasps> creatures. Game of Thrones. Yeah, didn't he say they, they yes. filmed a lot of like I just said sex and you're like, I know what sex. it is. Yes. Game of Thrones. Yeah, they did. Again, something else that I'm not into, but these are things I want to watch now because I just want to look at just to it. look at Iceland again. Honestly. Hjolehovsti is named for um Hjolifer. Um he is Iceland's second settler. Ingolfir is his blood brother. He was Iceland's first settler in 
1874 AD. I mean, it was kind of kind of close next to each other. So they have the same great grandfather. So they're technically second cousins, and then they became brothers-in-law um, later on when Hjörleifur married Ingolfur's sister, I think, or that makes sense. or, or vice versa. Yeah, yeah. These two brothers are originally from Norway. They're going on all these Viking raids. And they were in this Viking battle. They killed a couple guys, you know, as the Viking does. NBD. Unfortunately, they killed two sons of an earl. And so, you know, since he has a lot of power, he forced them to give him their assets and their land as a settlement for their death. So they had nothing left for them in Norway. They took a trip to the newly discovered Iceland, and they stayed in the East Fjords, but they didn't love the area. Not a fan. So they went back to Norway, and were like, we're going we're gonna to try this again. They're like, let's go to the south of Iceland, which is probably the more populated and popular area of Iceland, I would say. In the meantime, Hjörleifjör went on some raids in Ireland, and he returned with riches and people that he kidnapped as slaves. Uncool, dude. Uh, the brothers, so he gets his slaves and his riches, and then Inglefier is just kind of like, hey, I'm still here too. He like took all the animals, I'm pretty sure, in his boat, and then Hjörleifjör went. Like Noah. Yeah. He's like Noah, <laughs> and then the other guy's like this slutty, gross man. They took their ships to Iceland, and they're like, okay, this is it. We're going to stay here. They settled on two separate cliffs. Uh, Hjörleifjör is obviously being Hjörleifjöti. And then Ingolfjör had his own, his own cliff that he lived at. I think Hjörleifjör made the better choice. I don't know what you think. I mean, I would have to agree. I loved it. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was the most unbelievable view. But to be fair, I don't think there's anything unbeautiful anywhere in Iceland. That's a great point. So any cliff would do, really. <laughs> this is so horrible. Like, Wait, Which part? This is what I'm about to say. Okay. Okay, I'm ready. So their first spring to Iceland, Hjörleifjör only had one ox. I don't know what happened to the rest, if they died or if he just was unprepared. He thought What he could... about the ship full of animals? Right? I don't know if, like, Inglefjör took all of them and he's stuck with nothing or maybe he wasn't, you know, he's like, I wasn't prepared. I brought my women and my wine and that's it. So he only had one ox, so naturally... He made his slaves physically pull his plows. So that's some bad karma right there. <laughs> that is bad karma. That is slutty. You're right. That he is, is slutty. A slut. That's a slutty thing to do. The slaves were pissed because they had to physically carry plows and do the job of like multiple oxen. So my back hurts just thinking about it. So <laughs> they took it out on the ox. And killed him. 
Okay, I have to butt in with a comment here. Why would you kill the one animal that's doing the job that your boss is making you do? You're going to have to do it more. I don't know. And there's I'm just one less ox to plow and there's like 10 extra slaves now. What do you think he's going to be? I'm picturing this ox like sitting there with a flower in its hair, like <laughs> drinking, eating bonbons while everyone else is pulling, like the human beings are pulling the plow i don't know why that's what i picture but i imagine him just being like i'm the last ox so good luck everybody else <laughs> and then so they panicked because hyolever was like where is my cow and they were like oh a brown bear killed it now there's no brown bear in Iceland. I don't think there's any brown bears in Iceland. <laughs> but they didn't know that. And um, Hjolifer didn't know that. Yeah. Like, they didn't know. Because they just got there. And it, now it seems like a really bad lie. But he fell for it. He goes out looking for the bear. And the slaves made a plan. They were going to wait for him. And they killed him. I can't say that I'm that upset about it. And I can't say that he didn't have it coming. That's true. I don't feel that bad about it. I think they probably should have just started with that and not have killed the cow because <laughs> then they could have used the cow. That's true. Themselves. It just seems like a wasted step. Yeah. They could have just killed him. Great point. <laughs> um, but <laughs> took it out on the cow. So they fled to a nearby island, now what's known as the Westman Islands, and to get away from his brother. Sorry, this is just strange. Okay. I had a big glass of red wine, still drinking it, and it's starting to hit it, and everything just seems funnier. Okay. So, the other brother, Ingolfier, had been wanting to settle some land. So, he's like, obviously, there's only one way to do this. I'm this take- is dumb. This is so stupid. <laughs> But he took two pillars from his ship and threw them. I'm guessing he threw them down the mountain because I don't know how else you physically throw pillars anywhere. So he threw... <clears throat> He's like, okay, so I threw these pillars and wherever they land, that's where I'm going to live. Hold up. <laughs> if you're throwing these pillars off of the side of a cliff, they're only going one way, and that's down. Yes. There were no options. They were going to land below, and that's where he would settle. They're not going to land 30 miles to the east. Right. I mean, and this was a different place than when we, than uh, Hirlefoti, but I'm picturing that where there were multiple kind of landings. Like, mm-hmm. when climbing the mountain, each time you get up another landing, there would be, like, another cliff another peak and another peak and another peak and another peak and you always think that you're going to get to the next one and it never fucking ends so maybe it was one of those situations where he's like it's going to land on one of these peaks eventually i don't know right okay he sent two slaves to go look for the pillars because obviously he couldn't do it by his own damn self he's like i'm gonna throw these and be like oh can you just go find where i threw this he was too fatigued after throwing them He couldn't possibly go find where they went. 
Slaves, pull my plows and find my pillows. So they passed through. Okay. This is a question that I also have. So at some point, they passed through Hjornifer's land. Like, how far did this man throw them? Does he have, like, Well, Hulk you said strength? they were on two different peaks. But okay. There, when we went onto that mountain, there is a peak on each side. Maybe they were literally just, like, one mile from each other the entire time, like, one peak to the next. That's the only thing I can think of. Otherwise, he's just, like, trebucheting it across I the ocean. I don't think that they spread out that far. Yeah. It's the olden days. <laughs> they didn't have good transportation. <laughs> um, Inkelfair's slaves found Hjörlifer's body. Do you also notice that I just say these names really fast? Just to, like, be like, yeah, that sounds right. If I say it fast enough, no one will notice I'm saying it wrong. I agree, though. Like, if you say something fast... I don't know what you're saying. I'm just... Sounds right to me. They're like, oh my god. Well, nobody says your name. Janelle. Janelle. They say Janelle. Janelle. No one says... Morgan. Morgan. We say Morgan. We say Morgan. 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 Okay, so they found his body. Inkelver is mad, and he chased down the slaves that killed his brother, and he killed them too. He buried his brother on the top of Horlefoti, and that is quite a feat. Just to get an idea of what this would be like. And this is something I thought about a lot. Okay, so we're going up the mountain. The first thing I do is grab a rock. I'm like, I'm... It wasn't a rock. It was a boulder. It was a small you, boulder. You grab... It was at least the size of like... A soccer ball. Yeah. I would say. I definitely would say that. We find this, there's like a flattened area not too far up there. I mean, it's pretty steep. We were already tired. And they had remnants of these old buildings. Because over the years, people had settled there. And Morgan's like, looking at this massive mountain. And you were like, I don't want to do this. Well, to be fair, we first went up the wrong peak. So we did, oh, we right. did climb a peak already. And I was exhausted oh, yeah. from that. It was the wrong one. Once we got up there, we oh, looked God, I forgot about this. over and saw where we needed to go. But we had to go back down to get back up on the other side. So we had already gone up a peak. It just and wasn't we were, the right one. We were exhausted. So I was like, got it in my head. I'm like, I have to climb up to this grate and I was like I will be right back so I'm just sitting there I'm waiting I'm waiting I'm walking around I'm taking pictures looking at my watch uh before you know it 30 minutes has gone by and I start to panic (laughs) like I'm I'm panicking I'm picturing because I don't know what's up there I mean we are it would be easy to fall off this cliff and i'm freaking out i'm thinking oh my god she's dead and i really should have (laughs) what i should have done was just muster my courage to to hike up there i was so exhausted i was so fatigued i should have just walked up there and looked for you but i was also in the back of my mind my anxiety was scared of what i was gonna find or was not gonna find so i'm freaking out 
it's been 30 minutes. I don't know what to do. So what I do is I call my boyfriend at the time in the United States who's about to walk into a college exam. <laughs> and he's like, hello. And I'm like, hi, I need to talk to you. I'm really scared. I don't know what to do. I need your advice. He's like, okay, well, like I'm about to walk into the exam. I'm like, this is life or death. So I'm explaining what happened and that I'm afraid that she might have fallen. And he's like, well, can you go up there and look for her? I'm like, no, I'm too scared. I'm too exhausted. I don't think I can go up there. I don't know what to do. And he's like, well, maybe you should just give it another couple minutes. If you don't see her, start heading back down to the car and go find somebody for help. And then he hung up on me because he had to go take his exam. He's like, I got to go. By the way, he never called back. Like, he, he like, it, he didn't care enough yeah. about me to, to see if I was alive. Yeah, he, like, he never called back. Um, he was, yeah. Also, at this point, I am trying to call Janelle. Like, I've already tried to call Janelle, but I believe your phone. Was on you, airplane mode. You because, just put your phone on airplane mode, which mm-hmm. is dumb. Because you don't need to put your phone on airplane mode. Because you thought you were going to get charged. Putting it on airplane yeah. mode wouldn't matter. Yeah, I was scared I was going to get charged, so I put on so no one can send me texts. People can still send you text messages, though. You just won't get them till later. Listen, it wasn't a wise choice. It doesn't make any sense. It wasn't so anyway, a wise choice. I was... As we're separated, her phone is on airplane mode. I can't get to her, and I'm standing there, and I'm freaking out. I'm, like, basically having a panic attack on this mountain. I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. I'm, like, I'm literally going to start walking down this mountain. So I get up and I start to walk towards the path that would take me back down the mountain when all of a sudden I see a little figure coming down the mountain. And I was like happy that she was there. (laughs) I was happy. I might not have shown it, but I was also so angry. Have you ever been so mad at me in your entire life? Never. I never have. I was so stressed, and I thought that you, I was going to have to call your mom and tell her that you fell off a cliff and died. I was like, I can't have that conversation with Sandy. So I don't think I talked to you the entire way down. No, it was dead silent. I was just, like, trying to process all of my feelings. But you said you were going to be gone for a couple minutes. Like, I'll be right back. So, like, 30, 40 (laughs) minutes later. So, meanwhile, when I'm going up this mountain, I'm like, I can see it. I can see the memorial, the burial site, memorial, whatever. I can get there so quickly. And so I'm climbing. I'm like, I got to the top of the peak, but there's another peak. So I climbed to that peak, and there's another peak. You climb to the next peak, and there's another peak. And I was exhausted. (laughs) I was so exhausted. I was light of head. I think I had some altitude issues. And you still had the boulder with you, right? I still had the boulder with me this whole time. I was losing, like, it was, I was in another zone. Like, I was in this do or die zone. I was, like, sprinting because I knew Morgan was waiting for me. And so I was sprinting up this mountain as fast as one can. And I, but, like, I I mean, seriously, lost all track of time. It's not a good excuse. I definitely should not have done this. This was a terrible idea. But I just was like, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. And I'm so dizzy. And by the time I get up there, I'm heaving. I'm 
gasping for air. I get up there and there's this couple up there and I'm not kidding. This is how I was breathing. I was like, (gasps) (gasps) mind you, I remember we saw this couple from the other peak and they were like booking it. I don't know how fast they were going or how they were doing, but I remember seeing them like several times while we were hiking and they were just like booking it. Yeah, they were way more in shape than I was. Oh, yeah. But I know my face was flushed. I was, like, looking a mess. And they, the look that they gave me. Just shock and concern was the look that they were giving me. So I was like, I got to hurry up at the top of this mountain. And when I came down, I started to kind of, you know, I think I might have actually checked my phone at this point. Oh, wow. You checked your phone. I can't remember if I did or not. I think I might have and saw that there were missed missed calls from you. And so I started sprinting. I'm running down this mountain. And this is such a steep mountain. How did you notice there were missed calls from me if it was on airplane mode? Maybe I didn't check. Did you take it off of airplane mode after this experience? I think I might have. Okay. Because I got nervous. I think I did put it back on airplane mode, though, because I'm out of control. (laughs) Which doesn't affect, like... People who are texting you are not going to get charged. You would get charged. You were, like, so concerned that they were going to have a big bill. I'm like, it's not on them. It would be you. Only if you responded, though. And airplane mode does nothing, so nobody try this because it doesn't work. Don't try this at home. Obviously, this was a terrible decision. Okay. Back to our regularly scheduled, scheduled content. To be continued. To be continued. Okay. So, anyway, I could not the whole time. Well, not really while it was happening because I was so exhausted. I seriously could not think of anything but carrying this fucking. I don't know why you chose the biggest rock. I don't know. It was so stupid. And that's it's a all commitment, I though. It was. It was a commitment. And so, like, later I was thinking about it and I was like. How did he carry this body? This man who probably weighs like 200 something pounds all the way up. Well, his slaves probably. Right. Yeah, you're right. It was probably those poor slaves who already had to go or chase maybe after they had those. To drag them. They probably dragged him after they had to go look for those dumbass pillars. Now they have to drag this man's body up this mountain. So. But later I found out that they didn't actually bury him at the very top of the mountain. A later resident of uh, Hulepoti had a dream. It was a farmer who was farming on the mountain. He had a dream that Hulefer came to him in his dream and was like, if you take my body to the top of the mountain, you're going to have amazing luck. So this farmer dug him up, dug up his dead body, carried him to the top of the mountain. I mean, I'm sure he's a lot lighter by this point. So where was he originally buried then? He, I don't know. It was somewhere on the mountain on one of the more like flat areas, I believe. Mm, Okay. Just not the top. Gotcha. So he drags him up this mountain and then buries him here. So this farmer had a dream. Mm-hmm. He was on something. 
who takes a dream like that far to be like, I'm going to dig up this body, drag it up <laughs> this mountain, and rebury it here? And it's so much work. It's an unbelievable amount of work to get up there. With How long after the body was originally buried did this happen? I don't know. Ugh. Hopefully a long time later when he's just bones, because otherwise... Would take way too long. Yeah. It was a long time later, actually. Because people were afraid to inhabit the, the mountain because they thought it was haunted after the whole debacle. Um, it's been said that people who live there will have great fortune for 20 years, but after that 20-year mark, their life, things are going to go quickly downhill. And it seems like well, that usually happens in, after your 20s anyway. <laughs> it doesn't matter what time they, how old they are. Oh, okay. Once okay. they get there. It's 20 years and then boom, everybody dies. And it seems, according to anecdotes, that that is what happens. Who knows? Also, according to an- anecdotes, legend, what have you, the farmer did have a lot of luck after they he... Um, Purlifer's body to the top of the mountain. Well, 20 years is a long time to have good luck, though. Right? Then I mean, just, especially if you're later in life. Yeah, don't tell me that it's haunted. Give me 20 years and I'll move. Yeah. I had all this luck. Let me take my, my spoils and riches and then take it somewhere else. Right. So at the top of the mountain is obviously Purlifer's grave. So at the top of the mountain... The actual memorial, there is Hjordifer's grave. It's kind of a... Actually, let me pull up the pictures. We have posted a lot of these pictures on our Instagram before we were a podcast, when we were just like a... Just Instagram. I don't know. Um, so we have a lot of pictures, but we I think we're going to... We should re, we'll repost some more. Yeah. But there's like a... Kind of like a stone wall the cross on it like his grave his grave is in the wall contained within the wall i don't know there's also this like stone mound which is kind of what identifies it mm-hmm. and i had always thought that that was part of the uh for the part of hjordifer's grave mm-hmm. but actually i found out that it was built by danish surveyors almost as like a marker of the land Oh, so it has nothing to do with the grave. No. I think it was placed there strategically near the grave, but I don't think it has, it doesn't directly have anything to do with the grave, which is interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I always thought he was like buried under there. And then there's a couple um, gravestones, uh, like a family plot that was built right next to it in uh, 1899. People lived on farms on Hjordefotsi until... 1936 and there were like there are graves of people that died in the 20th century up at the top here which is really interesting and they got them up there how great question it's just yeah that's a good point because it's like people have repeatedly been buried there it's a small it's like they bury their ashes that's a good point that's a good point like in the 20th century that's very Mm -hmm. possible it's a very there's only a handful of graves that there's not a big like a cemetery by any means but 
off topic, but how many grams do you have to have to really be called a stomach cancer? That is a great question. Is it two? Is it one? Is it ten? I'm just wondering. Yeah, that's a great question. Kind of philosophical. Like on the wall that surrounds Hurleyford's grave, there is a guest book. And it's extremely windy up there. So it's contained within this like, it's vertically on the wall. It's like a case that you open up and the guest book is inside. So I wanted to sign the guest book because I made it all the way up there in my stupor. I opened the guest book. And all of the pages flew out into the abyss. The whole guest book. All the pages all became loose and flew out. There were just a handful of pages left. Oh, shit. Yeah, I destroyed. So if you have been on uh, Hjolifoti before <laughs> October of 2008. Yeah, no one will know. No one will know because I destroyed everything. So, I mean, how far back did those go? I don't know. They all blew out. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to look. It was so windy. And I put my rock up on the wall where everyone else's was. But there's this, like, big – or it's a big pile of rocks behind the sign. And I was looking at everybody else's rock. I brought this ginormous rock. Everyone else brought these, like, hand-sized rocks. Now I brought this fucking boulder. Did you take a picture of it on the pile? Oh, I definitely did. It's going to make me mad. I, don't, I didn't put it on Instagram. So I'm going to have to find the picture of my rock next to everybody else's rock. It did was you just, think everybody was bringing big boulders Yes. There? The way the guide talked about it, I thought it was going to be boulders. And then I'm like, this was so unnecessary. This was unnecessary work. Did you have, find out how many graves it takes to make Ooh, a cemetery? Um, so it doesn't say how many exactly for it to be considered a cemetery, but it does say, according to Google, a traditional cemetery holds approximately um, 1,200 burial plots per acre. Oh, wow. So maybe not. Hmm. It's, that's, that's a lot. a lot i don't think there's that many grave markers oh that's kind of creepy you know i mean i guess like you don't know what uh, how to visualize what an acre looks like so maybe i'm wrong yeah so that's the story that's the story i feel like this is kind of gonna be a short one i'm surprised because we had so much to talk maybe about. someone will listen to the end tell me if you do i'll buy you a snickers bar Honestly, the last time we had a giveaway, no one participated. No one participated. Do you want free chocolate? We were going to give you a $5 Starbucks no, gift card. No, and nobody me. cared enough to go picnicking in a cemetery. Mm-mm. Well. There it is. Ooh, there, there it is. is. Okay. Inkovir is purely your thanks for listening if you like what you heard please rate and subscribe 
follow us on Instagram at official underscore plot twist pod. Music is courtesy of Matthew Modena and our resources are in the show notes.